What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. If it's your first time joining the show, welcome to the show, man. We got a good one for you today. Like my man Steve Harvey done say, it's Big J Okerson. It's the Big J. Go check out a special out right now on YouTube. It's in the description below. So go check it out. Check out the Big J in all of his glory. His new special out right now. Also, uh, come see me and Bobo live. Me and the Bob are on tour right now. Go to badfriendspod.com, badfriendspod.com to see us on the road. We're going to be going to Oklahoma City, uh, Louisville. Uh, we're going to be going to Charlotte and Durham um, and Indianapolis and Detroit. Uh, we're doing Philly. We are everywhere. We're doing four dates in Florida, four cities in Texas. We're going all over the map. Portland, Seattle, Spokane. And Nashville on 420, Nashville, Tennessee on 420, baby. Come see me, Nashville 420. Uh, go to badfriendspod.com for those tickets. Enough rambling from me. Let's go to the episode. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. It's Big J. First time that's ever rhymed in all this shit. Hell yeah. First time ever. Cheers. You got some sweet sauce there. I poured a little bit more than I should have for you, but it's okay. Whatever. Mm. And a couple of DCs. You see that guy online? Cougin, that kid from New York? No. There's a kid online. I think he's a TikTok guy or but he, anyway, he does like, it doesn't matter. Video shorts now, but he's like an Italian guy. He's like tall and he talks about drinking DCs every morning, <laughs> like in the way he does it, but he's, DCs. yeah. And he talks about, Hey, how you doing? How's your sister? A couple of DCs get me going. He's very, dude, the New York has made characters out of people that are just regular people personalities oh yeah like it inflates just a normal personality oh because the middle of the country can't believe that's a real person right <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like, go I'll... over here for the best sandwich you know, like, that, I thought that was like a dice character <laughs> yeah dude no it is funny that the we've we've embraced these people uh on the internet faction as they become like larger than life characters even though that's who that kid has been since he was born well it's like bagel boss guy yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah and then yeah. like uh it is funny when they roll with like nobody understands moment in time, like with with low like talent. Yeah, like if you get famous for like infamy for like a dumb thing like that, right? It's like that bagel boss guy's life is worse now than it was <laughs> yeah. before he got popular. Yeah. Because now these yeah. people go, it's like you didn't do anything. You were like nationally famous, and that's it, huh? You didn't do anything okay, with yeah, it. Yeah, but because well, because it didn't exist. It was just a. It was a moment in time of a funny small bit. The only way that those the things... hatchet hitchhiker made the most of his moment, bro. <laughs> smash, smash! I watched smash, that on the plane. Smash. I couldn't believe that that guy turned turned out to be an actual murderer. A murderer lied. himself. <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole time he's talking about smashing some of the hatchet. We're like, dude, this guy's the shit. It's seeing, and then also like being like. You know, when they show all the stuff, you have to go back. Like, damn, Jimmy Kimmel, or was it Kimmel? Yeah, stuff? Kimmel had him. Yeah, on. it was like you were sitting right next to a murderer. <laughs> yeah. And then like when they go back in the trailer for that, they had the best point I think of the whole documentary. The guy goes, "Yeah, we really kind of like overlooked like on a scene like he saved those people." It's like he was actually in the car with the guy who he did this to first. Yeah. 
He's saying he did whatever. And then his reaction to stop him was to pound him over the head <laughs> two times with the back end and one time with the sharp end of a hatchet. And like, you saved that family. He goes, hang on. That's crazy. Yeah. But he did, you could have like subdued a guy. Right. Choked him out. Punched him once. Hit him with the thing once and then get his atten- And then it becomes like maybe a scrum of some sort. Yeah. He just like buried a hatchet. And then, uh, by the way, a hatchet to the head, doesn't that kill you immediately? I'm shocked thought, the guy lived. You'd have thought maybe it was blunt as hell. Weak swing, though. Yeah, I guess it was weak a really weak swing. Yeah. <laughs> smash, smash, smash. Now. Nah. It's like swipe, push, <laughs> tug. Bump, slap, Put that nudge. guy up. Yeah, talk about making the most. Like Once he started fading out, he was like, I'll kill a guy, get back in the news. <laughs> yeah, I want to get back get on the Get a face news. tattoo and get back in the game. <laughs> I watched that doc on the plane. I had to come back from Australia on a 16-hour flight, so I watched everything. I watched literally every documentary, including, uh, not what's it called? This, like It's the Supernatural series now. Uh, it's like Ancient Aliens. I have to oh, look yeah, it up, yeah. but it's like a newer version about this. He was on Rogan, the scientist, and I can't remember his name. But he, um, I can't, I'm not going to be, but he talked about, uh, you know how like all these archaeologists have like continually disregarded his work, right? but he, because he's just like, they're lazy, (laughs) which I think is the funniest response (laughs) when scientists have collectively been like, this isn't true. And he's like, nah, you're just not fucking in it. I know you're not deep in this shit. People who want to believe they want to believe so bad. He He needs, he needs it. I really fall into like the, you know, Howard Stern kind of like preaches this all the time. I don't think he always practices it, but I mean, I I like to just think in the most basic levels of like, when you die, you're just dead. Nothing Same. happens. Yeah. I, if there was, if there are aliens, we have no contact with them. We've never seen them. They've never been here. Right. Like we'd hear about it. You would just find out. Somehow it would get leaked out. I mean, you find that if like a a sea level celebrity fucks a trans person, yeah. You know I mean, like everybody find, knows. Yeah, you find that. I goes, you'd know if there was just dead bodies of aliens in yeah, a, a spread place. out in Nevada. Yeah, and they always every time they have a documentary, where they're like they've declassified the footage, and then you watch the footage, and then like a like a lighting camera guy does a video and goes like, "This is what's happening. <laughs> right, right. It's the shadow of that missing with that, and that's why it looks like it takes off because they yeah. turn." And the shadow flies away. Right. You're like, yeah, that adds up. Yeah. Like, I think the basics, I get I get what you're saying. I get the basics level of it. My conspiracy love on this one side of my hemisphere of my brain goes, but wouldn't it be tight if it was all fucking real? Sure. If this was all just this bullshit. Oh, I, t- I tend to not believe that it is real, but you're like, hey, that could possibly be. I, that realization is the thing that made up, like, remember your scare tactics? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why that show was so brilliant to me. And I don't know, I guess it went off the air probably because legally it was hard to do. Yeah. Because they would really make people think they're going to die. Totally. And the way they would do that that I found interesting was, uh, like, the psychology of it was one of the best ones. They were like, it was Ogden, Utah. I just remember that place. Yeah. It's not like you're in L.A. or New York or a place, like, in the world of entertainment where, like, this is fake. Special effects isn't around. Something happening is fake here. It's one o'clock in the morning on a dark road in Ogden, Utah. And they're playing a trick on one of the girls in the car with her friends, and the guy's a stunt driver. And they go down this road they're not supposed to go down because it was closed off by the cops. But he was like, "We're going, we're going straight." Uh-huh. And they're kind of like, "Ah, uh, you know, the girl who's like, is like, okay, I guess we're going. We have to get to this party." And then when they get up the road more, there's a vampire like eating a cop. <laughs> like it looks like you know, it's like the cops like bleeding and shaking, and they're. Yeah. 
And then they chase them on motorcycles. Uh, the they jump on the hood of the car. And the lady's it's not even just her fear. She's also processing like, okay, well, so vampires are a thing. Right. Like to see them process that. Not only that, it's like everything you've ever right. thought was like, well, this is just a fake movie character. Like, it's all Holy real. shit, it's all real. And that's like the uh, the interesting thing of that. So it's like that's the... That's the a conspiratorial kind of thing saying. that leans in, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the same thing where it's like, wouldn't it be cool if it's all real? It's like, yeah, just the whole time, like, for sure. It's like if they live, you put on sunglasses and every most people are aliens. Right, right. Oh, right. shit. I, a piece of me needs to know it's real. Just because it feels like too, uh, I think without it, there's too much, like, harmony. It's almost too, sim- too simple to be like, yeah, we're here and it's fine. It's and a big accident. Yeah, it's like, fuck that. That's crazy. It's got something else's afoot. We'll never find out, but I think it was like, because he, no, he went into this great, the one thing that he continues to say throughout this, this whole series, which, um, I, I always find interesting is, and I think this sometimes, especially when I'm overseas or I'm not at home, it's like, I'll be like, last time I was in fucking Hawaii, there isn't a day that goes by without at one moment me going. Well, a volcano could fucking just hit and we'd be dead. Yeah. Like, that's it. I could just, this is it. Like, I'm I'm trapped in the middle of nowhere. And then I think of that in my daily life sometimes of like, what if this was the day? You and I are sitting yeah. here and this is the day that The Rock is like, it's fucking coming, dude. Oh, Fuck yeah, it. yeah. And they're not going to tell you. This whole idea of movies that we had over all these years of- With Red Dawn is sort of, he goes, yeah. hey, look at this. He goes, I think there's Russians parachuting in here. <laughs> they don't say. Is that what that- <laughs> No. I like that movies and TV shows for over the years for the apocalypse have always said, like, there's a news report, like, warning, da da Like, even in the, uh, what was the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, or is the end of the world, where they fucking- um, uh, Oh, I'll look up. Yeah, look up. Yeah, don't look up don't or whatever. Look up. It's like- they had like all this, you know, pre-planned shit on the news for months that it's happening. It's happening. You know fucking well the government will never tell you when it's coming. No. If they know, they're like, all right, dude, don't fucking say anything. Well, they'd rather me. you be surprised. Yeah. Or else right. everybody starts like, you know, that's when you have the all those movies have like yeah. it's like, all right, we have to drive to so and so traffic jam, right, <laughs> like, right, right. traffic jam for eight states. <laughs> right. So what? No, you know the government's never going to tell you. The stone's just going to fucking collapse us, and that'll be the end of time. It'll yeah. hit the thing and it ripple was a us fireball off. Fireball coming here. Yeah, it's getting a little close. Yeah, it's real close. Ah, it's probably like a satellite or something burning out. Yeah, you know those Chinese wa- those balloons, man. It's that hot air balloon. Well, you're right. I am also like, if it is, if we are meant to be, stay sheep in that regard, like I'm the best. I'm fine with that too. I'm like the best uh, audience for that. I've I've been saying. With like that, like, but again, I'm happy some people pay attention and over give a shit because yeah. someone's got to, I, the, the Roe versus Wade overturning examples, like my favorite one of just like, I remember my, my girlfriend's like panic when they did the, it just leaked that in a couple of weeks, it was going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And I'm right. like, will you stop listening to dumb news things? <laughs> and I always say, I say it on stage too, because it's funny because how out of the thing I go. Isn't Roe versus Wade like biblical? It's been around since like the Bible. It's been around. <laughs> Wasn't that like the, etched in the it's been stone? Around like the seventies or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's like, like forty it was, years. It's some crazy short amount of time. Like it's been around since like the Bible. It's not going anywhere. And then like <laughs> said that one day you wake up and they go, they did it. They overturned it. and It's illegal now in so many states. And you're like, yeah. oh shit. I guess I should. I guess read someone's got to pay bullshit. attention. Yeah. yeah, but what's the what's the break line? Do you have a thing that you do invest a lot of time into, other than comedy? Like, like watching stuff like, like outside, I, of, yeah, outside in the world. Like, do you have like, what's your little bullshit niche, niche thing that like either you invest, you know, like either your hobby or your collection or your fucking, the thing you're obsessed over that has nothing to do with the business. Yeah. Not obsessed with it ultimately, but I mean like what I, 
I find like intriguing and was watching those, but I'm, I'm starting to lose steam on them a bit now as the uh, the online hunts. Oh, the hunters, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I'm start the more I watch it, and I went on one with a guy. We didn't catch anybody, but like that's so funny. It's like a fishing trip where you didn't catch anything. You're so like, do funny. I get my money back for this? I, it was really like you went. I was like, all right. We were out at four in the morning on that boat. It was freezing. We saw a guy. I mean, a guy ran for his life from us, which was an interesting thing to see. Oh, because like he never got out of his car. And when he realized, he was like, oh shit, this is what's happening. Yeah, he hauled ass like in a car and like hit speed bumps and his old car was like rocking when he hit those people and i was like it was so did he crash interesting now but it was so and he got back he got into the street and then you gotta let him go they said because like that's the law cause well he's still unless, unless it's a cop or something a cop can chase you yeah, that's what i'm sure. saying but yeah, you but got the we, bounty hunter ones no if we would have went out there and did it it would have been totally illegal that's why i like dog the bounty hunter because he like he acted like he had authority that a police officer would have it was brilliant but you know he, he got me he'd always let he goes the n-word hey, if you want to smoke <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, remember he always goes hey look i know we had to chase you down for eight days you and i called you a motherfucker and humiliated you in front of your family you want me to let you a cigarette <laughs> And then they got to do, yeah. he assumes everyone can white trash smoke because they're cuffed. Right here. So they're doing like that. Yeah. Side smoke. <laughs> one side, one side. Yeah, dude, I like that. <laughs> Did you have that growing up? Did you have people smoking in, inside your home? Yeah. Indoor smoking is a new level. It's, uh, and I've smoked since I was like my late teens, early 20s. And I've never even batted around the idea of smoking indoors in my own house. But, but did your parents smoke inside? My mom stepfather yeah everybody yeah my mom doesn't smoke anymore but until the time she quit like in-house smoking always to the point that i never even thought of it as a smell like it didn't register with me this is what's even now if i like you know yesterday uh you know i was smoking it was rained yesterday we were out last night like when you get up this morning and you're like with the clothes you're like yeah there it is yeah there it is all that cigarette but you're like (laughs) how did i never growing up i was like I just lived in that cloud and also everybody had cloth cars back seats back in the day cloth seated uh, rides oh. and so that but you know what's funny is my dad smoked winston's my whole life mm-hmm. and winston's are you know uh they're they're only smoked by like degenerate gamblers it's like, <laughs> it's like that's like a degenerate it's like a degenerate's favorite and my dad my dad's car used to have a cutlass an old cutlass supreme nice and the cutlass had a smell that when the sun would hit the seats uh, the smell of the out. winston's in it but i gotta tell you i like it it's, like it does something to me. It makes it smells like summer in Chicago in my mind. It's odd thing. Like, I remember weird, like uh, kissing someone, like a girl who's got whiskey breath. Oh, like I said, I'm not a big whiskey guy at all. Right. But like, kiss, I, for some reason, I like that. Like, I taste that. It somehow. tastes good. Yeah, it's interesting. Like Very whiskey and cigarettes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said this one thing though. I learned young that like uh, is a weirdly universal smell. Smoking a cigarette while taking a shit. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter what your individual shit smells like or, or what your cigarettes you smoke, but cigarettes and shit is the same smell every time. <laughs> and I remember one time in a smoking room hotel a zillion years ago, yeah. uh, I think even soda was when he goes, oh, taking a shit while you're smoking is the best. And I did it. And that I was like, yo, this is handing my dad a roll of toilet paper when I was a kid, uh-huh. like through <laughs> yeah. the door, and that door would crack, and I go, oh. That's the sm- identical memories, identical smell to my dad. That should be shit. a commercial for Charmin toilet paper. <laughs> handing your dad through the crack of a door. Here, Pop. Here, Pop. Oh. oh my God. Um, what I thought was interesting is my parents, my step pop and mom and my dad. All my stepfather still smokes Newports. Oof. My mom smoked Cools and my dad smoked Cools. 
what I find just so funny about that is that like menthol cigarettes for my whole like teenage and adult life, the joke and kind of real thing has been it's like a black people's yeah. like thing is they yeah. do menthol yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. And I never had that correlation until you got I older. got older because I was like, I don't know what you like my folks smoke. My parents exclusively. aren't black. And that's what they smoke. <laughs> yeah, they exclusively smoke. Cool filter kings. You go to them as a kid, you're like, Are you guys black and you're not <laughs> telling me something? Do I not know am I colorblind? Are we a pretty advanced family? <laughs> How progressive are we? My my dad smoked Winston's, and then his uh, brother smoked uh, uh, Paul Mall unfiltered. Damn army cigarette. Well, if you're in the service, Paul Malls are what they used to get, and yeah. he was he was in the service. And then when he got back, he would roll his own cigarettes. And then sometimes, I think if he had enough money, he would buy Paul Mall unfiltered because they tasted just like self rolled. Because yeah. he refused to buy filters when you self roll. Now they come in a pack. I see them now. Uh -huh. They come with filters, yep. some of them. But back in the day, in the late 80s and the early 90s, yeah, that you had a quick joint. roll. There was no fucking, you didn't, nobody bought the filters. So he liked those because it was just like, you know. It's interesting about that as, as a smoker, like if somebody was like, uh, you know, if I was like, have a cigarette, I'll roll you one. I'd almost rather not because it really defeats, something about the, the, commercialized formed cigarette is like mm -hmm. part of the thing oh yeah ritual. so if it was like some kind of weird like gnarly just <laughs> thing, you're like i'm like i'm not really doing it for the nicotine is like this isn't fun yeah i like the system yeah, yeah so i could smoke my cigarette point with it look cool <laughs> hey you're these not guys over with the, here with the bad one you can't point no yeah. it's all you have to hold scraggly. it a different way the back's got like the tobacco falling out of it <laughs> that is true though that's so funny like a self-rolled cigarette even the best one you're like it's not that good it's like a joint of tobacco yeah it's and i like good. the chemicals give me that was the thing that we found out in australia was a lot of people europe was the same way a lot of people when we'd smoke weed they would all smoke spliffs they all wanted tobacco in there and I quit smoking a while ago, and I try to stay away from it because once in a great while, I'll slip back in. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But I try to get away from cigarettes because I was like, man, I quit for a reason. I had to get off of them. And when I smoke a spliff, immediately, I, I hate it because the taste of tobacco with weed, I yeah. think, is terrible. I don't know. I'm, and I always tell them, I'm like, just smoke just the weed. Yeah, I don't fully get the spliff I don't understand idea. that. What would be the point? You're like, smoke a cigarette after you get high. That's the fun of it almost. Right. You get high, then you smoke a cigarette. You're done smoking, and then you're like, oh, now I'm going to go outside and rip a butt. Feels Enjoy great. Enjoy being stoned, yeah. Right, right. I, don't, I was like, why do you, combining the, the two to me, doesn't it defeats the purpose. You don't get as high, and also you don't even get like the satisfaction of a cigarette because it's- They also burn different. They so, do like, burn they different. Burn, so it, yeah. it burns very odd when they do that, yeah. Yeah, this is Big J and Andrew Santino campaigning against uh, spliffs. spliffs. Cut that shit out, all right? You Just heard that? You hear it. me, Jamaica? <laughs> you hear me? You listen up, Jamaica. <laughs> Jamaica. Uh, no, I just, I didn't like it. When we had a couple of people, local guys that would, I, we asked to get weed. And I was like, you know, can you get us weed? And there was one kid, one Irish kid, Mal, this kid, was a great dude who was one of the drivers. He's like, no, I'll get you weed. And I was like, how much money do you want? He's like, well, it's a ripoff, but I'll get you a deal. So I said, give me whatever you can. And then they had a couple of, at the party, a couple of guys had at a joint. And I, rem and I had to ask, I was like, is this from this bag or is this you guys? He's like, no, 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 I brought, uh, I, he brought it. And I was like, just, I'll roll up something else. I was like, I don't want to smoke yeah. good weed that I just paid for in a shitty spliff joint. Sure. I just want to smoke the weed. I was like, just, but by the way, weed in we Australia, got... so hard to get. Oh, I bet. It, it's, it's illegal, apparently. Which is, Whole I, I, country. Really? Yeah, I sound like a weirdo, but literally we were smoking a joint out front of the hotel and there's a group of us and we're going to go to dinner 
And some guy was like, hey, hey, you guys should go around the corner. And I was like, oh, we buy the front door. I thought it was like a respect. Sure. Sorry, I don't want to get weed in the lobby. He's like, no, 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 dude, it's this super illegal. There's cops, you know, walking the, the strip right there. And I was like, what? what? Like, they're going to say like something? Everyone, yeah. <laughs> I was this like, prison continent? <laughs> what the fuck? I, I just, it's <laughs> been so long. Is this where we so send long. our garbage? <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys scumbags? Yeah. I thought this would be promoted. It's a prison planet. Right. No, but it was a big deal. And, and you know, uh, a couple of the a couple of the people that we were with, unnamed people were trying to get coke at this party. And another thing that's like, you forget, you're like, I'm on an island 17 hours away from anything. Yeah. So yeah, it's impossible to get stuff. So they were trying to get coke and they were all talking about how expensive it was and all this shit. And I don't, I don't do it. So I was like, well, have fun, I guess. And he was like, oh, we're overpaying for this stuff. And I don't want to share with anybody. I was like, isn't that the whole thing about coke? Is you have to share yeah, it with somebody? Yeah, thing, yeah. Yeah, I was like, so either Be you're- the a guy on coke? Yeah, you don't have one dude at Why the party. Why do you guys not want to break dance? <laughs> In here- we pour whiskey. Hey, man, I love it when it starts to warm up in Southern California. It's been uh, been a pretty cold little winter for your boy, and I got to tell you, getting outside in the backyard with my pup is one of my favorite things on earth to roll around in the grass with the old Cubster. And Sunday Lawn Care makes it easier than ever to enjoy. If you're like me, you love spring, you may not have, you know, anticipated how long or how short it's going to take, but get prepared, okay, because the sunshine, it's a coming and Sunday Lawn Care has got you covered. Uh, finally, flowers are blooming. And uh, Sunday is how you get it done, man. This spring, go to GetSunday.com slash whiskey. Enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. Whatever your lawn is, no matter how big, how small, or what size or directional diagonal it sits in. No trips to the store or hauling heavy bags since they ship straight to your home. Uh, you just need a hose to apply Sunday. You can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an episode of your favorite TV show, Dave, which is out right now. And they only use ingredients you can feel good about. No harsh chemicals, no long waiting periods, or trying to keep your kids and pets off the lawn. Simply apply, let it dry, and you're back to enjoying your yard. That is my favorite thing because I love the dog and I don't want her to uh, suck up some weird freaky chemicals. And Sunday has none of that stuff. It's easy and affordable. Some lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year, but Sunday's full season plan started at just $109. And Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off. 20% off. Full season plan started at $109. You can get 20% off when you visit GetSunday.com slash whiskey at checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash whiskey. I'm not afraid to say it, but everybody poops. You might have read that book. You might have had that book read to you. Uh, and everybody does, but everyone has different kinds of cycles, you know, different anxieties. Uh, they also have maybe constipation. Maybe you get nervous and you get diarrhea. Or you're lactose intolerant and everything is going everywhere, dude. Like some of my friends. But hey, that's why you need Seed. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic supports healthy regularity, healthy motility, and the ease of evacuation. Open up and let it go! There are also increasing research on the gut-brain axis, which Seed is currently researching in partnership with Axel Therapeutics. Uh, our capsule and capsule via cap safeguards viability through digestion for delivery of an average hundred percent of our probiotic starting dose to your colon. The outer capsule also serves as an elegant barrier to oxygen, moisture, and heat. No refrigeration necessary. Leave it on the counter. Uh, similarly to your gut, your skin has its own microbiome. Your skin is home to trillions of microorganisms and their byproducts collectively known as your skin microbiome. You want your face to look good and you want your tushy to feel good. Uh, several of the probiotic strains included in DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic were selected based on research, which showed beneficial effects on skin and overall dermatological health. DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is an effective way to start 
supporting your gut microbiome while nurturing your gut skin axis. Okay? Healthy glowing skin. You want it? They sent this over to me, and it's phenomenal. I love biotics and probiotics. Get them all in my belly so I can feel clean and natural and neutral and consistent. Okay? I'm not taking uh, fiber at night like my old man. I'm taking stuff like this. Seed delivers that DSO-1 daily symbiotic to you. Monthly and sustainable packaging with reusable glass jar that protects the probiotics inside and helps minimize plastic use and waste. Come on. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash whiskey. Seed.com slash whiskey. Use the code whiskey to redeem 25 off, 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic. That's seed.com slash whiskey to redeem 25% off your first month using that code whiskey. Seed.com slash whiskey. Ginger. I like gingers. Dude, when do you party. guys not want to break dance? <laughs> <laughs> We're in a different place, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we're not there, buddy. I've gotten when I went to the Bahamas first time. I remember my Dave Smith was with me, and uh, man, it was so fun. We got off at the port. You know, it was mm-hmm. one of those cruise ship like ports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is the for the year. For, like the first time we went, we were like, you know, they say they're like, don't bring weed. And you're like, it's pretty serious, I guess. <laughs> International waters, and we uh, didn't bring weed. And then we got to the Bahamas. We're like, maybe we could find some weed yeah. here. And we get off, and it's like, no matter what you are, you just when they see you coming, <laughs> and you even know, like they see me coming, I don't know anything. Boy, I sure hope they don't do the fucked up thing <laughs> that they're probably gonna do. Yeah. Hey, can we get we? Sure, man, I got you. Give me the money up, sixty bucks or whatever for. Mm-hmm. I forget. It was something lame. Too. It was even like an eighth or something like that. Sure. Would have been enough. But I was like, well, it's better than nothing. You know, we get an eighth. Gave it to the guy. The guy leaves on like a scooter, like a motor scooter. And I was like, that we just gave money. That guy, that's never coming back. Yeah, never. never it's not coming back at all. It was also at a time where like, it was my first one of those I've ever did where I was like, uh, I was going to rock music cruise ship. Who was the and band? I was the comedian on it. The first one was, uh, I've done it a bunch now, but that was Corn and Godsmack that year. Whoa. And it was... Uh, but I was broke, and like it was already like there was no hookup for booze or anything. Do you know what I mean? You'd so, have to pay. So I'd have to pay for it. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. on I those mean, fucking boats? Don't so, they just some get... of the, some of the back time you could get like beers and stuff. But if you wanted to like get like you know I want to get my girl like a daiquiri and whatever you know. Sure. It's like, so that's adding up to like you know. Yeah, it's forty uh, bucks a I, drink or something. I mean, it's crazy. You know, but yeah. and, and you could see you go on like your account thing, and you're like, you're at four hundred dollars of drinks and whatever, and you're like. Uh, so that's get, how much i'm getting paid for this gig i mean it wasn't a lot of money for the gig and we yeah. and uh when we get off i give it to dave he's a little more confident i go so you do it so the guy goes off on his scooter and we're sitting there like we got fucked he comes back and he gives us like a ziploc bag with a tinfoil thing in it and he goes here you go and he just zips off again and i'm like oh he actually came back and we were almost like i bet it's not like a full eighth in there it's probably like a cornball amount of weed yeah. and when half, i tell you gram. it was like we open the Ziploc bag, you start taking the tin foil apart. It was like Russian nesting dolls of tin foil. <laughs> it was like another piece of tin foil down yeah. to, and I mean, like a little nug of weed, <laughs> brown, like some color. It didn't make sense. It yeah, was so, yeah. and I was so defeated. I just remember, like, uh, I think I even got like hissy fit where I was just like, uh, roll it up, Dave, and you guys can go smoke it. Or this is fucking. I was just like so like defeated by the whole thing yeah. and he rolled up like this little twig of like it was so worthless <laughs> and then we just learned through the years like just bring it on just bring it 
to spring. Just bring, well, because they care more about checking booze, I've heard. I've never been on yeah, a cruise. Well, that's what but I hear that they the booze thing they freak out about, but they're not checking for anything else. On the Impractical Jokers cruise, there's a great video that Stanhope put out of him. Like he had his body covered in booze under his suit. Yeah. He had rum runners on every part of his body. <laughs> so he had like two gallons of like alcohol like taped to his legs. Ta- I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was so goddamn funny to do that. Because they don't pat you down when you get on the boat. No. Lewis one time brought it, uh, like, so funny, he goes, I put it, like, next to my ball bag, like, up yeah, on my they, leg. Yeah, right here, yeah. And then he pulled it, he goes, you want to smoke? I'm like, I don't know. Like, wash that bag off. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. No, not really. Your weed? You your told fucking... me where you put it? He's like, it's in my ball bag right now. I'm no. like, that's awful. I'm good, man. But we've, uh, but what's funny was Dan Soder, when he went on the Joker's cruise, we all did that together. Um. We got a bunch of weed. And the way I would do it, I, it would be so such overkill on what you need to do. Yeah. Me and my girlfriend would go the day bef- the night before to the city, where we, Miami or whatever, and we'd buy like a bunch of weed, and then we'd buy a carton of cigarettes. Ooh. And then, but I mean, I would go, I'd open the carton, like where it looks like you can kind of like glue it back down, uh-huh. and I'd pull out a cigarette, and I'd take the wrapper off a little bit just so I could open the package and empty out. 20 cigarettes what and roll 20 25 joints you fit in there and put it back in there and then put the you know the the thing you pull off back on that part and put them back in the thing and and we'd go through all of that trouble that's so meticulous and more than likely unnecessary because they probably never looked what do they care they just don't care they really don't it's not really what they're looking for i don't think and but so we went on the joker's cruise uh we did like that again but we got soda 20 mm-hmm. some joints and me and christine took our 20 some joints and he was like yeah is this like i'm like buddy stop worrying if they don't care yeah they don't care i've been this is my sixth one of these <laughs> i don't they don't care <laughs> right. if we were performing as like on carnival cruise lines they might care about stuff like that but sure. it was a chartered thing they yeah. don't give a shit and then uh i think the second night soda texts me or the second morning he texts me he goes Buddy, put your weed somewhere. They're coming down the hallways with the dogs. They had dogs, and they di- and they target Soder's room. <laughs> Soder, thank God, he panicked on the thing. I think they were like, uh, "Like, do you have weed in here?" And he was like, "No." He goes, "You have no weed?" And he was like, "I have just like a little, like right here." And like he gave him like a little bit that he had. Soder, and he had to go. But it's so funny they make like, a whole thing, and you have to go down. Like it's at, like like you're in school still. And you gotta they go to the principal's you to like, office. Well, there is like those cruise ships have like jail rooms basically. But there's no cops, right? There's no there's there's no like who's maritime the maritime police, which doesn't even sound Fuck like out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got on the three the those fucking three point hats. <laughs> <laughs> Hear ye. Um, but I remember walking down. It's one of those Wes Anderson go. movies where you're like, oh, come on, man, I can't buy this. You but with it, the suit on? It is funny. You're an adult though, and you have to sit there in the room. And they go, you know. You know, sir, that smoking weed is illegal, and you can't. And they have to go. It's like if it happens again, you know, All right. there'll be a problem, and they, they let him go. And it's like not. But a But also, big deal. isn't 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 there different rules at sea? Right? Maritime like, law. Yeah. So there's a maritime law for smoking pot. I believe I would guarantee there's no chance there. Is. I would have to say that too. Yeah. What the fuck? There's not a maritime law for anything. Kill a guy in the ocean, and it doesn't, sure. appeal to, it doesn't apply to any country. Some guy listening goes. Yes, <laughs> just killed some fucking dude. I, he goes, oh, thank God. He thank goes, God. Yeah. you got to look at him. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, then I am fine. I'm good, baby. We don't have to move to Tucson. <laughs> Stop packing. <laughs> I had we were just in Sydney where we were at the port, 
<clears throat> the ship, that's where the cruise ships would come in, right next to Pier 1, where I stayed. And um, these cruise ships would fucking come in, and they were like Celebrity uh, X or whatever the other name is, not mm-hmm. the other one. And they were like, I went out to get a coffee, um, and one of the people from the boat company, you could tell, was the... And I was like, oh, you t- exa- tired? You need a late-night coffee to, you know, because I like drinking coffee late in the day. People think I'm, I'll drink it at 7, 8 p.m. Sure. People are like, what do you know? But I said to him, I go, oh, late-night coffee on long night? He goes, yeah, tomorrow we've got the biggest cruise ship of this fleet coming in. And I was like, no shit. Well, I can see it from my fucking window. So, and he goes, well, this will block your view entirely. And we're joking around about blah, blah, blah. And the next morning, never in my life, dude. I know I sound like a, a guy who saw a moose for the first time. I fucking was stunned at how big that fucking thing was. It had like 10 floors on top of it. And when they opened the gates and let those people off, dude, I mean, not trying to be mean, but when they're rolling off half of the cast of my 600 pound life off that fucking thing, it's like shocking how many huge overweight people in uh, rascal scooters, they have to have the ramps to get them all off yeah. and they have separate ramps for the scooter people to get off. It's a, it really it's is a fat, it's a fat, a regular cruise is a fat person's like dream. Yes. It's really uh, 24 hours a day. There is a buffet, but it's not just fat. This is like globally fat. No, this no, is like, no, no, for sure. Well, I'm saying I've seen uh, Mike Fenoy, a hilarious comic actually, when he did the Jokers one, the first time the practical Jokers one, which I've done that. And I've done all these like rock and roll ones. Whatever it is, you just go into that buffet and you watch people. Like, I was calling them cruise nachos because, and I mean this, it'd be like they go to every station, like little spaghetti, a little slice of pizza, right, ribs. Oh, and now there's like some Chinese kind of food, noodles <laughs> on top of it. And then after all of those things, they go over because the very end of it, you could just crank like a hot nacho sauce on oh, it. God. So it's just like whatever tour of uh europe foods you have there right. these crazy thing and then just crack it's so gross so gross it's tough to see man it's so weird because it it be when sad. people say that also i find the food to be not that good on cruise ships how could it at be? all it's i said it's like a golden corral at sea right but they i think like what it attracts is people who are like they always go oh the food the non-style, you can get to, and they're talking about abundance. They right. They mean quality. Right. They want gluttony. They just want to be able to eat as much as you can. The- and you can do that when you go to like the, it's hilarious, the restaurants, for the most part, at least when I saw it, the restaurants are just serve you the buffet food. Like they bring it to your table versus like- You getting guilty. You getting it yourself. <laughs> essentially what it is. Yeah. But when we were having so much fun laughing the one time because they had lobster tails. And also with the thing about the restaurants, like it's a menu, they give you the menu and you can go like at any time, like let me get four spaghettis, three of the, and they'll bring it to you. They're not huge portions, but it's why they'll keep bringing it to you. And I remember me and my girlfriend just like, they kept bringing up these lobsters. I mean, they were three inches long. Crawfish, these lobster for sure. I mean, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I guess, can you bring 11? <laughs> like, can you bring 11 of them? And they would though. They don't care. Yeah, they don't think about it. Here, here, It means nothing to them. It gets me back in the days, whenever I see cruises, it gives me this feeling in my chest of like when I used to do those those Vegas rooms when I was first starting out and they would make you stay in the fucking like 
you know, the asbestos latent room in the half basement of fucking the yep. Mirage, and you'd have to eat in the basement with the crew, yeah. and there's no windows down there in the basement, and you get your little employee card, and you could do up to, like, I think it was two meals a day or something. Like, you couldn't have breakfast there, but you could do lunch and dinner. And remember that, dude? And you'd get paid, like, I don't know, it was like 30 bucks a show or something like that. And you'd go eat in the basement. And that feeling of the buffet, even the buffet felt like it was the leftover buffet from upstairs. Like, it was what they, it's like what didn't make the cut or what they had left over. That sadness makes me feel, that's what cruises look like to me. So I can't. It's I what they are. I can't do it. Even when I when you do it, and I've started to get like, you know, I'd be going on there with a little more of like, uh, you know, making more money. My yeah. name was a little bit bigger, and then it's when they start doing like, oh no, you got to go up to like the artists' like lounge food, real food, and you get up there and they're like, oh, where they have tuna sandwiches, and it's just like more <laughs> shit. No, no, yeah, it's even worse. It's green room food, like right. all of it. It's just right, like right, that right, kind right. of. Thing. It's they're so proud of it. Somehow the improv serves on the boat. You're like, isn't this just the improv menu at sea? Yeah, fried mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah. I can't with that menu. The improv at sea. Uh, There's no organic way to fucking do this, but I do want to make sure I plug it before we get to, because I'm like, I'll just keep going off into nothingness. But when this is out, and this will be out when you have a new special out. Yes which is uh incredible. Uh I I'm not going to I'm not going to kiss your butthole more than 3 seconds, but you're a phenomenal comic and everybody oh, needs you, to man. watch this because you're fucking great. Um and it's out the name of it is Dog Belly. Dog Belly is out. Uh I'm sure you explain more of that in the special. Yeah, Dog Belly. Yeah. Means, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Dan yeah. Soder actually like gave me the name as a suggestion. I oh, was he did? Gonna, I was just going to do live from Skankfest. And now it's called Dog Belly Live from Skankfest, basically. But you uh, had to include the Skankfest in there. Yeah, yeah you yeah. weren't gonna pull that out. Yeah, we gotta shove, <laughs> we gotta shove it down their throats <laughs> so they know what we're doing. That um, should be the title, Skankfest. We're shoving it down. We're your shoving throat. it down your throats, Skankfest. <laughs> um, but yeah, it comes from like one of the bits, and Soda was like, "It's such a great because it's also the the concern of having the name be something you have to watch the special to understand." Mm. Always in my f- mind, all I ever see with that is. I want you to take his face off. You remember right, in the movie right, Face? Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, is that what it's always going to be when you see the name in the special? You're like, yeah. corny. But, but it, I, think it, I think the way it hits is like a different. So it, no, I mean, it, look, it gives. I like when I did that special on Netflix, and I said I was, I, and I named it Cheeseburger for two reasons. One, it has a bit in it about it, and the other side of it was um, Neil Brennan was talking to me about it when he came on the show, and was like. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't want them to have to watch it. But he was like, yeah, but it's a, it's a phrase where who gives a shit. Right. It's basically, he's like, it's, you're saying two things. One, you're saying this will mean something in the special. Also who the fuck cares? Yeah. It, do, that it doesn't like, yeah. matter. You're watching big Jay Ogerson special. It doesn't fucking matter what I put after that. That's why a lot of times what I, what I really like is, uh, who used to do this a lot? Uh, Oh God. I can I can see the comic in my head, but every one of his tours would be just like back on tour or on tour or again <laughs> on tour. Instead of naming a tour, it was just like, fuck it, man. It's whatever. It's Big J on tour. Big J in your city. Because it just gets exhausting when they're like, but we want to market a new thing with your name and the thing. And you're like, I whatever. Like, man. It's fun to name the tour thing, I guess. But like, it what, is. what was so funny was I've never done it before. And then everyone was like, this time around, like we should like, Name it. She throw a name onto it. So I was like, uh, oh, from a bit I was doing at the time, I was like, oh, like, uh, you got to want it. You got to want it to her. And then 
as soon as I got announced, I did Kill Tony, mm-hmm. and they bagged on me for it like hard, <laughs> which was funny. I mean, yeah. it was hilarious. I didn't yeah. give a shit. I was like, yeah, I guess it is corny. And then I've never named anything ever again. And I think it's changed now because of the special coming up. They've changed a lot of the banners and headings and stuff. Sure. But like, it's funny doing phoners now. <clears throat> and they go, uh, Big J's bringing his, you got to want it toward a thing. You're like, you don't have to. Like, you don't have to I literally that. said that in 2018 or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's just never talk about it again. Also, it's something that usually you threw away into the, into the, it's like a phone call with like an agent or something where they're like, what do you want to call it? And you're like, uh, you know, da 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 tour. And they're like, got it, great. We'll print it on everything. And you're like, no, wait, I fucking, I'm just filling time because I didn't answer that email you sent to me a oh, month yeah. ago. That's really what it is. Is like most of the time, comics are like, I don't know, man. I don't have some grandiose vision. Well, we're not as much as we'd love to be. And there's a cool thing about that. Like, like, like comedians, cool for the most part. People that I like too, tends to be by accident. Almost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So times when you have to put forward like a cool thing always feels fucking late. I, I just took my first like promo pictures in like 10 years. Yeah. I've taken them. And I get it. You see the picture and you're like, it it looks cool, I guess. Like they just put up a new, they just gave me a thing for a new like tour dates thing. And I'm like, looks cool. But if any of my friends had the same poster, even though I'd go, it's a cool picture. I'm like, when I see him, I'm going to uncork. Right. Because the class, it's like they end up going with like, it does look, like I'm lighting a joint. One. I mean, I'm lighting a joint. The smoke's everywhere. And right. you know, look, and it's like all the dates down there. And I'm like, <laughs> that's really putting forth an image that isn't actually. I know, but the truth is you learn as you go on in the business that all the things that we would make fun of, but and we still do, you're a part of it anyway because it's a part of a thing that isn't you. It It's completely out of your fucking control. Hey, Louis J. Gomez really uh knows me well and and caught me at a good time he just did this with my promotion thing too but when he came to my comedy central hour taping he did the warm-up for me and he was there and he was there when we did the run-throughs and i didn't know what the intro was gonna i knew the band was gonna play yeah and i was gonna walk out from the back i picked kind of the backdrop and how it is i love that but when i go out he goes uh so there's gonna be cryo jets like on the sides of the stage so when you walk out that the banner's going to be flowing. You're going to come. The cryo just are going to go off, and you just go around like you know, shake hands, knuckle pound the audience, and then you can sit in your chair. Right. And I went out there and did it for the run through. And Lewis grabbed me in the back, and he was like, "I know, I know you. I know your personality well. I know it sucks." He's like, "Don't go out there." And he know he knew what I was going to do. I was going to go out there, and while all that grandiose things are going off, I'm going to be like. <sighs> I know, right? Everything's going to be like, this is dumb. And right. how dumb is it? He goes, you got it for that one minute, own it, and go out there and be like, you know, what's up? We're doing this. And I'm like, it's so against the grain because I just want to be like, isn't this too much? For yeah, like, yeah. I'm just going to sit on a stool and tell but dick it, jokes. Th- this is the thing that like comics have to g- get over at some point is like, yeah, man, but it's also a show. Yeah. <laughs> and you're giving them a performance and it's a part of a thing. And da, 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 da. It's like... I think it's hard to explain, but I know exactly what you're talking well, about. In mu- like- but in music, like you get to posture, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's what we like. It's uh, it's what every choosing wants. Choosing to put your foot on the monitor. Fuck yeah, one of on the monitor, and the way you're holding the mic, and that means something. Or the way you're looking at the audience, it's also maybe not calculated in each move, but you're calculating. I'm going to be up here like a fucking panther on the right. stage, and like uh-huh. you know, like a like a, a rock god. You know, people come- and then. 
comedy's just the, you're supposed to be going like I'm a doofus, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. to have that moment yeah. where you're like, you know, from Fuck the yeah. from coming down from the ceiling and stuff. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, yeah, no, you. It's it's. But it also works. I never like when I was just like a like a mark for it or a person like watching comedy and stuff. A good example of that always is like Dane Cook's thing. I wasn't just like. What a jerk off he's being like that. I'm like, this guy's like a rock star. It looks rad. Yeah. Everybody like... unequivocally, every fucking liar can say whatever they want. Everyone you know was back then was like, wow, this is dope. Because it was huge. It was big. It kind of made you feel something different than all the other things you had seen before. And he... his comedy was also big enough to huge. fill that space. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it not elevated. like sitting on a stool, guy. It's not like a... Like a Bargatze where it's like, you know, more like dialed back, like come to them. Yeah, it's right like here. He was like, you know, he's on this, he's on the ground, he's on his knees, right, he's climbing, laying on his back. Yeah. Spitting, flipping. Yeah, spitting that water up into the fucking sky in that wife beater. And everyone <laughs> remembers that so vividly because every one of us was, was, whether you were a comic right at the moment or you were trying to be a comic, I remember watching it being like, God, this dude is all, I'm not that thing. I wasn't, I was like, I'll never be that big, but it was extremely impressive. Meanwhile, no, on the other right. side of that coin is like Chappelle, you know, I'm speaking out of turn, but like he smokes on stage. So much of his smoking mannerisms yeah. are performative. I mean, oh, yeah. I know the guy loves smoking, but it's also very much a part of the dance he does. No, when you want to do it, when he, when he starts lighting it and he goes, and you know, you know, before it's lit, he's still Come talking on. with it Come in on. the mouth. I'm like, oh, yeah, those are calculated things. A hundred percent. You and I, like, well, I, he came out to Australia and him and Donnell and- uh, Brandon. I mean, when you come out to a sorry, to cut yeah, you off, no. but just on the smallest level, like when they ask you what your song you're coming out to or whatever on the thing, like I certainly like, you know, the song I've been coming out to lately has like a beginning like drum roll yeah. that goes into something. So like I sit there and they go, "Big Jokerson here," and then I go, "Now," like even like a quiet, unthought of thing. You go, "This is the moment." You walk out. In here, we pour whiskey. Hey guys, hate going to the doctor. It literally takes half a day just to get it done, finding parking and uh, walking up those stairs. And it's also a hassle and planning at inconvenient times, and you don't want to talk to your doctor about certain issues. Here's the thing most men's health issues have really simple solutions. Rex MD is all about simple solutions. RexMD makes getting generic and branded Viagra or Cialis very easy. Everything's online, even the prescription, and they deliver to your door. They deliver to our door here at the studio. Because Bobby wanted to try it, and he loved it. Didn't have to talk to a receptionist. Didn't have to go through a weird elevator and find which room was with who and what where. You know, Viagra can cost around 90 bucks a pill. That's expensive. RexMD has generic Viagra for as low as $2 a pill. That's what it should be. Just fill out a quick medical questionnaire on their website. A doctor is going to review the situation and prescribe you generic Viagra if it's appropriate. It's fast, simple, cheap, and you can access your U.S. licensed RexMD physician anytime you need Afterwards, all right? They've helped over 300,000 guys get generic Viagra. Why not you? Quick and conveniently, RexMD, it just works, and it works the very first night. You want to rub up that engine the right way? Bobby tells me he loves it, and he uses it all the time. Because, you know, he's a single mingle man. That's what he's got to do to keep it moving. Ain't nothing wrong with that, my friends. Act now to take advantage of their their deal by heading to RexMD.com slash whiskey. RexMD.com slash whiskey. Our exclusive deal will save up to 90% off where you'll pay as low as $2 per dose on generic Viagra instead of $90 or more on Viagra. Starter packs of generic Viagra or Cialis are now available for our listeners to get started. That's rexmd.com slash whiskey, rexmd.com slash whiskey for up to 90% off and a free gift. Your partner will thank you. 
Hey, you guys know I love cannabis. I've been using it for 20 some odd years now. Whether you're new to cannabis or an old pro, there's no denying that many of the products on the market seem iffy at best. And when you want to relax, iffy is the last way that you want to feel. That's why Mood, Mood is here to help. M-O-O-D, Mood is here to help. They put an end to guessing game. 100% federally legal Delta 8 and Delta 9 THC. You can have shipped straight to you. That's right. No doctors, no waiting, just affordable legal THC for a limited time. Mood has given our listeners free Delta 9 gummies and 20% off your first order when you go over to hellomood.com and use the code whiskey. I got to tell you, I have used Mood and man, oh man, is it great to get it to your door. No matter how you want to use it or what you want to use it for, want to stay energized, creative, focused, or euphoric, you know, erotic, sleepy, chill, social, body soother. They have all of these products to get you into whatever it is you're going for. However you like to take GXC, Mood has got you covered. Great for both beginner and veteran users. And if you're ready for a good time without all that guesswork, you know, you don't want to go through all the loopholes. You want great tasting gummies with classic flour, convenient three rolls as well, and so, so much more. Why not try Mood? You're ready for that good time without the guesswork? Order your THC products from Mood today. And for 20% off your first order and free gummies, go to hellomood.com. Hellomood.com. Use the promo code whiskey. That's hellomood.com. Promo code whiskey for 20% off your order and free gummies. Ginger. I like gingers. Here I am. <laughs> everyone has, everyone wants to play into that. It's just what level that you play into it that you're that you're comfortable with. Like I was saying, like when Chappelle and them came out and I was sitting backstage with Donnell and I was talking to him about, about the whole show. Cause I was like, man, you, he puts on like a fucking show. And I was speaking to him about how everything feels extremely coordinated and timely, but to the audience, it's like this fucking phenomenal moment. This, these nights, cause I came with some cr- cast and crew members and you hear them talk about it. And they're like, it was, it was magical to them. But you're inside of it, so you see it differently. And when you feel that, like even the smoking thing, I see what it does for them, and it's unexplainably perfect. Where you're like, ah, yes, this was very good. He brought this girl over and was was chopping it up with this girl like four rows in, and we kept taking the cigarette out and looking back and doing it. And it was like, (laughs) I was stoned to the gills, but I was like analyzing every piece of it, being like, this is perfect. This is exactly what they want to see. It's as much of his personality as is true, but it's also he does that thing in a way where it was it's big rock star rock star shit, but it's super small. That was what I think that's what's so interesting about Dave. He does massive shit in a very small way. Oh, it's, it's trying to turn you, the trying you, to turn the big space into a club. You do something very similar, honestly, to compliment you is like you get you when you sit and you speak to somebody, uh the way you do it fills a big thing with a very intimate, small thing. Super difficult to do. But honestly, you really do a great job of like, you're able to to kind of hook into something or someone. And it's just almost just like all these people then, these hundreds or thousands of people are able to just like snap into one little thing. Super tough to do. It's sort of though, like, and I appreciate, thank you, man. That's awesome of you to say. It's such like a, I think it's like a comfort thing, but also like I, to give always like credit to, I mean, not that, he doesn't get his credit, but Patrice O'Neill, you know, one of the greats, would have been, I think, one of the greats ever. He probably would have been one of the best of all time, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, when I watched him, go, like I was, when I was young, I thought Bill Cosby himself doing it in the chair was kind of cool. It was cool, yeah. I was never, like, driven to, like, necessarily sitting down comedy, but watching Patrice and the obvious 
like a correlation of us, like me and Patrice, like both big guys, both mm-hmm. whatever. And um, you know, we always had a great story. I thought from the beginning, like I looked up to him so much, you know. And and we were doing when I first got into New York. A lot of the shows Patrice was closing, like the showcases, like I was on somewhere in the middle. Right. And we were friendly already, me and Patrice. He was like, kind of took me under his wing, at least like as a friend to a degree, because Keith Robinson brought us up. And it was right. me, Kevin Hart, and Kurt Metzger. And we were kind of like the new guys that Keith was bringing in. You, Kevin Hart, Kurt Metzger. Yeah. He Look at you up, three now. Brought, it's crazy. Same space. Same space. Yeah. Kev's going to get there. <laughs> <I got, laughs> <laughs> He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. He's going to find his way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what an interesting thing too, like starting with someone like Kevin Hart really is like to, to no fault of his own, the emotional roller coaster I've been on in my head of like Kevin Hart for the last 25 years mm-hmm. is so not, you know what I mean? Because like, first you're like, oh dude, one of our guys is doing it, man. Like fucking Kev's doing it. And then you're like, how is this going so great for, you know what yeah, I mean? Like he's looking like, like a bitterness like to it and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a weird thing to hold yourself up to. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like a, like a, a, a rare not just like uh opportunity opportunities and luck but like talent you know what i mean that got him to like it's pretty impressive man it's, it's, it's wild crazy what he did but as a com- you know when you have like your 12th year of comedy and you're like all right all my bills are paid but i have uh 300 bucks <laughs> like time to start this month over and do it again you're like yeah. i think i'm gonna kill myself um I'm sure it was the ultimate point we were talking about here with uh well you well you guys with you and patrice and you were when you were starting up with keith oh, and yeah, yeah so he brought so I still like, I I like still like envied Patrice more than I felt like we were like tight. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and I loved that we were like friendly and like would talk and he'd bullshit with us and talk on the phone and everything. It was great. And then one day at Caroline's, after I did my set, somehow it got telephoned back to me. You know, people telling each other mm-hmm. that uh, Patrice said you're taking his material, which I don't even know how to begin to like approach with him yeah because i'm not at all and 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 also but i was like but the fact that he said that to someone who feels that way like what do i do here i'm not gonna argue with him about it like i didn't but like that sucks so for the next two days or so at the comedy cellar in new york i'd just kind of high and buy him yeah dude i mean i cold shoulder but more just like i avoided sitting at the table where they're all at and i kind of like you know hey guys what's up and go and then someone told him, I'm sure somebody that I told what's going on. Sure. Said something to him. And he called Comedy me. Comedy is high school, by the way, for yeah, people yeah. that are listening. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he called me up the next day. Still house phones at my mom's house in Philly. And he goes, he's like, man, he goes, I didn't say you stole my material. I didn't say that at all. He goes, what I said was, uh, to his manager, he goes, what I said was that me and Jake, he'd been up on all these shows. By the time I get on stage, I got nothing to talk about because you're doing fat guy shit. He's like, and then I go up there and do a bunch of like fat guy shit. That's what I'm saying. He goes, but I'm telling you, like, don't worry about it. You should do what you're doing. The young guys are supposed to like make us rise up. Yeah. He's like, I got to stop doing it. He's got more to say than a bunch of fat shit anyway. So I'm going to stop doing that stuff so much anyway. And it was funny. He goes, basically, he was like, you can have it. Yeah, you can have it. And then I was kind of like, when you hear that, you're like, well, I want to be better than that too. I don't want to. Just do it <laughs> I don't either. want it either. But it was so funny yeah. the way that comes back to you. But it was a <clears throat> that was kind of a cool moment to watch Patrice like change his thing. But also, I watched Patrice go from a standing comic to sitting on the stool. Yeah. And at a place like the comic strip, like these kind of intimate New York venues, 
watching him do that and the difference in the audience with him because he's an imposing force and it's aggressive comedy and something about just sitting on the stool brings the make kind of forces the audience to like go to you a little bit like lean into you mm. whereas so, so I, I, I started doing that for the same reason because I go the reactionary difference from the audience from me looming over them and being like, Is it, you're, have you ever sucked this guy's dick in the car? <laughs> like, seems more like they're like, whoa, yeah. versus sitting down, like almost like with your back thing, like, you've blown this guy in the car before, yeah? And they're kind of like, yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like more of an ingratiating, like, it's just like, it's not like, a, I said, like a big presence of a big guy. It sounds like you're bullying them, you know what I mean? Why don't you fuck this guy tonight if you buy, buy all your drinks? Fine, fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, but this way feels more like you're, uh, uh, it's like voyeuristic almost, where you're you're, you're like you're, you're seeing it and then giving it, giving your peace of mind about it, and then they can choose to be like, well, I, that's I'm not just because I bought it. Then they get the opportunity to kind of have an equal hand. Yeah, yeah, Versus we're all sitting. Well, because already on stage, whenever people talk to people, it's already it already feels looming. You're above them. You're louder than them. There's all these elements of communication that already are are intimidating. So when you're sitting. It it does do a trick to people a little bit. That's like, no, I'm invite. I'm not gonna fucking attack you. I'm, yeah, this I'm sitting. Guy, I can't yeah, punch yeah, yeah, you. I'm, like, I'm sitting. Like, oh, he's just asking a crazy question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like being on the bus. Yeah, and yeah. also like asking with the tone. You know, I mean, exactly the same thing of like, you know, hey, have you ever uh, jammed your hand up your boyfriend's ass before? And like, you know, if they answer, it's like the, the fact that they'll answer that with like, uh, no, no, I never had. You, know, you think it's in a world where like. I'm blown away almost when you ask it. They go, "Excuse me, right, right? Don't ask me that about my husband." But it's not generally. It's like, like even if it's like a no, they're like, "No, no, I never have." Hey, you know, we, uh, we <laughs> haven't really talked about it. We've done a lot of stuff, but like, never put a hand up. Never his put, ass. never did a hand. That wasn't our thing. Are you when you tour, uh, and you're do like you're, you're doing a ton of crowd work? What do you think is the difference in pure material versus crowd work time wise when you're on the road? Like, are you dedicating? Well, now it's like, so the, I've just never, whatever reason, man, whenever I've sat down and done, I do envy this. When I remember here, like, like a Bargatze or something like that when we were younger, like, we do a couple hours of writing, soda even to this day now. He goes, we get some writing done and then go over here. Yeah, but I like, see when he writes. He's just sitting there <laughs> in the mirror jerking off by himself. But I really can't, like, I just know, I, mean, I may be being a bit hard on myself, but just, in my experience, whenever I've sat and been like trying to do that thing, he goes, "All right, let's go." Like, yeah, smoke a joint. Let's write some comedy. When I come out of it and like read it all, it, it ends up being the equivalent of like airplane food. <laughs> like it's like you know <laughs> these subways are nutty. I tend to think on the fly much more uniquely. I hope and also like referential and things. You know sure. what I mean? Like it moves around like a little bit like uh, better if I'm kind of thinking quick. Yeah. In the moment, I stay on my toes and it keeps me going. And that's how I write. It's like I'll have the concept. I ask somebody a question and it just builds into something. And then I remember a story of mine that correlates to that. Totally. And kind of do it like that. So it's like. Like you take notes down afterwards? No. You don't listen back? No. That was the hardest thing about the pandemic with this particular special. was like I had to learn it twice because I was doing it. And then three months of nothing. Yeah. I think it was at least three months, no gigs at all. Um. And then I went back, I remember Indianapolis, Helium, and I went on stage. I remember as soon as like the, I walked down the stage and sat down, I was like, I don't remember at one bit. <laughs> yeah, what is this Something shit? about girl cops. I had a thing about that, you know, it was girl like. Girl cops? 
Yeah, and it was like a going through that, like trying to relearn it again was kind of a pain in the ass, which I really should like at least, but I don't know. Like, and I, I don't think every comic has this and it's good. They shouldn't. The, the, w- watching this and watching this special down to like edit it, I just can't, man. I have a hard time with myself. Oh, hate watching it. What do you myself. mean, hate it? That's like, the is worst. Is that what my voice sounds like? Yeah, is I hate that. Is that how I sit all the time? And then I'm thinking, well, change this. And I stopped getting into that where I'm like, change these angles because like you're, I look like awful. I look fat from that. I look, but, and it's so funny. Like the audience knows exactly what you look like. Yeah, they've already made up their mind. Even in the in the dumbest thing of like, if a girl thinks you're attractive, she thinks you're attractive. If she if you're not her thing and she just thinks you're funny, she just thinks you're funny. It's got right. nothing. To, in my mind, I'm like, what if they find out when I sit down from the side? <laughs> like I'm kind of wide front yeah. to back. I'm a heavy guy. They're like they know. Yeah, like they already know. But in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, ah, they're, 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 you're seeing through my trick. Right, right, right. I'm exposing too much for you guys. <laughs> But it is true that it, it, you do get over analytical of like when you when you cut down a special, it's a fucking nightmare. I it's uh, ugh. I mean, but any kind of editing. I went to that Burt Kreischer roast thing last night. Oh yeah, how was it? It was great. They edited it great, but they have to edit it. You know, I mean, I did like, I guess it was, it was like twenty minutes almost. Like 19 when did you guys shoot that? It was like a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah? December. Yeah. Um, when I did it, I was like, you know, I had all this, and like when the edit comes out and stuff, no matter what, you're just like. Thought I had a couple other great things in there, but uh-huh. not my call. Uh-huh. It's fine. <laughs> but it came out great. They really. But that happens like, all the time. I mean, that's just because I do a lot of you know. I do, they have to. It was like twenty minutes. Everyone's supposed it, to do like four don't or have five a choice. minutes. Yeah. yeah, but it stinks when it happens in like uh, <coughs> in TV, TV or film stuff that I do. That it's agonizing because you'll go, mm, the best version of that joke they left out. Like I, they, I just oh, got yeah. sent something I did. I did like this indie movie, and they sent me a cut. house party. Yeah, no, <laughs> that was that was felt like a fucking indie movie. Uh, I just uh, thumbed through it the other day to uh, see, like, because I still didn't fully grasp if it was a remake or not. Yeah, in a it's way, a loose, in, it's a, it's in a, a way, loose retelling. It's, it's supposed not... to be kind of like the new generation's version of the thing, you know. And yeah, it's tough. They did the dance scene, which is the one that bummed me out because I was like, you either got to make this; these are dancer kids, or yeah. Having a dance scene in the middle of it just to nod the kid and play was, it, was weird. The, it was like paying. The, what's funny about it was like the original for people that grew up with it was so like iconic, and I think part of the part of the reason it was iconic was because those two cats were actually friends and were performers together, and it would be like you and one of your best friends doing a thing. Yeah. So now it was casted, and those two dudes are both good actors in their own right, and sure. that doesn't that's that doesn't matter. The point is there was no pre-existing relationship that bonded them off camera. Yeah. That that's what made Kid and Play so fucking good was doing a few movies together, yeah. Yeah, and but that's who they were in real life. So it was kind of like you were taking art was imitating life. And in this form, it's it's art imitating art, which was like that's it gets it gets so subversive. You're like, what, what are we that's why you were like, Am I watching a fucking remake of the thing or is this Supposed to be not. Is it just called House Party? Right. And is it's it, like a different movie. It's nodding to the original, but it's not. I mean, it obviously was nodding. Like, I think yeah, no, totally. Cameo but or... it also had this this other subtext to it, which was like, we're joking about joking about the other movie. One of my favorite things in that movie that I didn't understand when I saw it when I was younger was that the the three bad guys are full force. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the in the original are full force, which sounds like a rap group's name yeah and then i don't know if you remember the full force is like those big muscular scary guys yeah 
it is the softest r&b music yeah, yeah. ever it's, it's like voice to men yeah yeah it's it is. crazy yeah. how soft it, it is those guys look big like you know there was the, the big scary punks coming to like fucking right. beat up kid <laughs> right. and play and they're uh all cried out remember that song yeah, that's yeah. them yeah that's that lisa is. lisa cult jam and full fords them singing yeah the song that the the big dance happens to in the original yeah the dance scene with the girls and the guy and kid and play that's full force. That was full force. That's full force also. Yeah, it's such a weird, like, uh, but again, that's a fun kind of, what a fun time it looked like in rap, too. I watched the, um, was it the Salt and Pepper? Salt and Pepper documentary? The salt, but that's documentary, like the movie, they made like a Lifetime. Lifetime started doing movies of like 80s rappers. Oh, no shit. Which is pretty funny. But the the plugging in of making sure you see everybody, like in some capacity, mm-hmm. the way they got through that was, uh, like salt and pepper, you're here at your first ever award show, and like the over explanation narrative, like you're at your first award show. Come over, your green room's over this way, or your dressing room's over this mm-hmm. way. And they walk by, and she's like, they're like, oh hey, heavy D and the boys. <laughs> oh look, it's MC Hammer and whatever. Right. And As just they like, pass by every yeah, just door, passing by people, right. yeah. Right. And uh, and in the beginning of that movie, I guess it's like a true thing. Um, that it was a Sears call center in Queens, and it's salt. And Peppa worked there together. Mm-hmm. Kid and Play also worked there together. And Martin Lawrence. What? Whether this is true or not, but this was in the, awesome in the it movie. Is. It was, but again, like the uh, over explain those Lifetime movies are the best because I think Pep Salt already worked there, and then Peppa like got the job, and she was like, "Girl, sit here next to me at this like call center," and she goes, "Go on, tell me everything about everybody," and she's like. Uh, that's, uh, Chris and Chris over there. They go by Kid and Play. He goes, they call themselves Kid and Play. They think they rappers and dancers. <laughs> and that's Martin, Lawrence. Everyone's a full name. He goes, he think he's that's funny. Martin. Exactly. He goes, yeah. this guy thinks he's a comedian. And then he stands up and says something funny. Uh-huh. They go, oh, <laughs> crazy Martin Lawrence. <laughs> but somehow those movies, if they weren't like that, you'd be annoyed. You're like, come on, let's talk about Martin Lawrence. You're yeah. not wrong. You yeah. do want to say, he goes, are they even going to say that they work with Kid and Play? <laughs> right. And you're like, you oh, need it to are. exist. And then the guy has like the highest. I'm like, oh, they did oh, a Kid, kid look at he's right there. <laughs> This, that era of hip hop was, I mean, I'm all, I'm biased and I've, you know, sure. My fans have heard it enough, but like, I, it's not that I'm getting old man disease about new hip hop. It's just that I cherish it so much. I don't dislike new shit. How old are you? 40. 40. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? 45. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't, I just, we we probably grew up in a similar sure. gut of it, but it just like, it just doesn't hit me as much. But the old stuff, I know, I'm also so attached to because it did so much to my life. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so influential. Rolling around in my friend's fucking, you know, Volkswagen Golf, baking it out, listening to fucking De La Soul. It's like it did something because it was such a moment in time. Oh, it, yeah. It's not that it was so much better than anything today because that argument is always bullshit. That's, that is age. That's the thing. It's like, I don't yeah. know what the new sound is. It's just everybody. different. It's yeah. just, it means something different to you. It's, I used to say this about SNL. It's the same thing. When somebody goes, SNL was better that years ago. Or it goes, yeah, because it's not for you anymore. Yeah. They didn't make it time. for me. Yeah. They don't, they're not making it for guys that are 40 and 45. So just like now it's like newer music. When somebody goes, that stuff sucks. You're like, they're not making it for you because 48 million kids listen to it today. <laughs> so you're not the guy. I, it ain't I, you. Has your age hit yet where you're like, I find like uh people using young like young people using young slang in like 
big things is disrespectful. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like when, a, when a SNL sketch has a thing where like one of the young guys comes in, he goes, oh man, last night was lit up at the club. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who's this for? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm a, who's I don't, lit? I don't talk like that. What's lit? What, what, why does it need to be lit? Yeah. What an interesting time in the those, whenever House Party 1 came out, the original, uh, came out of like, this is almost a thing people kind of forget too because the, the salt and pepper kid and play kind of like friendly rap i think that evolved into like the de la soul the flower like power. the earthy yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, like yeah. pm dawn type thing like that that evolved because it was such a switch like i remember a, a, a year or two in high school where like aaron powers the the half black kid that could do a split like a dance split and come up and could dance good and everything yeah. was like awesome for that. Yeah. And that's the thing where dancing, it's such like a soft, it's such a soft activity to yeah. be like a thing that makes people like cool. And that was Kid and Play's like whole thing. Like, yeah. like, man, these guys can dance. MC Hammer's whole thing was, look at this guy move. You could dance. And it almost didn't scare your family when you'd see them. Right, well, yeah. It, it was easy for white suburban kids to play that on their house because their dad was like, that's the guy with the pants? It, yeah, I yeah, love the pants. Exactly. Yeah. And then you show up with like, you know, and then I came home with... uh as nasty as they want to be, like oh, two live crew. So good. And then you're like in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But even just that switch to go to like the Onyxes and something like that, like Oof. where it became like angry, aggressive, gangster rap, whatever, I guess what they chose to call it across the board. But That's like what the that white stuff, media chose to call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such like good, uh, that switch was weird, but I do remember when it was all about wearing like purple and yellow short sets and jumpsuits mm-hmm. and like, uh, like. It, it was very like, uh, it was very the flower power era was very like Afrocentric, but also like it was like promotional and it was also like communal in a way that was inviting because they'd be like my brown brothers, my 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 white sisters, my Asian fellas. You know what I mean? It was always like inclusive in this weird way that was like everyone's invited to the soda pop party. That's what it felt like. <laughs> well, I like my daughter. It's funny she's twenty now, and as she gets, as I watch her like get older, it's. Fun to watch. Like I thought her music was just gonna be like the what I would call horseshit of today. Right. But we you do have an effect on them. You know what I mean? Like my daughter, like when she'll put her iPod on, like stuff that I played for a girl, you know, even like Iron Maiden songs or something will pop up and the white stripes and whatever. Right. She got like uh into it in some way. But I don't know like Do you guys go to shows together? Yeah, yeah. You do? Yeah, yeah, I'll take mm-hmm. her. We just went to Rage Against the Machine. Doesn't that feel incredible? Oh, it's so awesome. Like and those she moments. That's fucking so cool. And she loves it. Because like she, she's she an adult. It's like you can go, you can show her the thing that you liked as a young adult that you were like, I don't know if you did it, but like for me, it was like, I never did that with my parents. I never shared any of that fucking shit. No. It's like my parents hated, they were like, where are you, who are you going to see? That's Taking my parents to see Guns N' Roses at MSG a couple years ago was a pretty cool moment because I, on the way there, even talking to them, I go, I remember bringing home Appetite for Destruction and you being like, what is this noise? Uh, yeah, exactly. And I was like, and you go, now it's considered classic rock. And you're <laughs> like, of course we want to go see Welcome to the Jungle and whatever. And I'm like, but that's only now. You can only do that now, which is so funny. It's like, now I can take my parents for stuff that I like now because we're both so grown that they respect you enough. Yeah, yeah. But when I was young, it's like I could have never convinced them to never, they would have never come along to a thing no they would have never thought about even doing it it's it's, like they put me in fucking they put me in jail for fucking smoking weed and now my mom has had edibles it's just like remember when you used to fucking yell at me about this shit and they're like it's different it's different different time now yeah yeah no shit yeah they um 
Yeah, my parents were, and my parents never really did. They weren't like they smoked cigarettes. They weren't drinkers. They weren't pot people at all. Yeah, I got my mom. They both worked in a hospital, so like they really couldn't. And uh, but yeah, alcohol was never a thing. I never drank underage at all. Really, it's so weird. Never like, party. I don't have any of those like like yeah, like, going to the woods things and stuff. <laughs> I would like try to go yeah. to the party and then just like you know walk around. But I uh, I thought pot. My dad was sort of deadbeat when I was younger, so like I always equated that with that he smoked pot. Pot was dead. He's like a pothead guy, right, so I yeah. was like, "Yeah, that's what losers do." <laughs> and then Look I got, at you now. and then I got it, and I was like, "Oh no, it's pretty great." You know what? The old man was right. <laughs> this is better than raising a child. <laughs> that's what I used to say. My dad went to jail for coke, and I was like, "I call you your kid," and you're like, "Who would leave a family for coke?" <laughs> and then you do coke, and you're like, "I guess this all this adds is up." Yeah, man, Kurt Metzger <laughs> used to have a bit about that. It was like. Uh, when someone's like addicted to uh, heroin, or uh-huh. those intervention shows. I hope I'm not massacring it too much, but it was just like when they go, I don't understand it. Like he had a family, he had a wife who loves him and kids. Uh-huh. And I was like, why? Why would he turn his life over to just doing heroin? And he goes, and I always want to tell them, like, you're so close to the answer. <laughs> it's that heroin is better than all those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the truth yeah, is heroin easy. is just better than that <laughs> you know, burping a baby and getting spit up and then they're crying all night is better than just sinking away into a the led zeppelin album <laughs> it's just so it's it's true that it's sad that you're like all these responsibilities i get completely why young parents are like i think i'm gonna party away and not pay attention to this <laughs> oh yeah that, yeah, yeah. That. my dad was 22 or three when he left and he went to Florida, and then he came back and married some other lady, like, in, an hour away. In Philly? Like, outside of Philly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. were in Philly, and he moved, like, outside of it with this lady. Respectfully. He's like, I'll, I'll come close. I won't be <laughs> right there. I'll be near you guys. Yeah, I'll be near you. Yeah. Don't <laughs> complain that much. <laughs> yeah. I probably won't show up often. I'm not too far. Is he alive? Yeah. You talk to him? Yeah. You're good now. Yeah, it's like we're good, because I, but I did have to completely, like, fold to the idea that, like, he's never going to quite get it. He's not going to apologize for the no. way he was ever, and he's going to go. And I could acknowledge that I'm like, he's a charming guy. What's fun now is like discovering, you know, I took such at face value so many things he would tell me when I was younger because uh, it also takes a while. You know, me and Soder were talking about this a lot. When the dad leaves, his dad, same thing. Both named Gary, our dads, both mm-hmm. left in the same way. Couple and we're, we're kind of deadbeats. Yeah. And uh, in that way, but like when I was younger, like, it was almost like he was the coolest for almost for that for not showing up. He goes, "Dad can't show up. He's probably getting pussy or kicking someone's ass," yeah. you know. <laughs> and I, and it's been funny, like re saying things, like the new perspective on things. You get older, and you yeah. you've been saying your whole life, and then it changes, you know. Like you realize, and my dad was like, I thought he was fucking cool and fun. And then in the hindsight now when you watch it, he goes, no, he was like a bum. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, this guy fucking rules. I'm like, yeah. And he would tell me these stories that are just definitely, it was, so I sit here at 45 sometimes going like, you know what? He probably did get kicked out of the Navy for smoking pot. I don't think it was because he got caught smoking pot with David Bowie on a stoop in France. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that's probably not true. Yeah, that... He probably did have an argument with that guy in a drive-thru that one time, but I don't think he pulled his door off by the hinges. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know, I was like, 
My dad was actually pretty good at playing pool. I don't think he beat Minnesota Fats one time in a dark <laughs> bar that he wandered into somewhere. <laughs> and those were the ones he gave me. And you'd yeah. be like, but when I was the older, younger, I was like, Mom, Dad can't show up. He's probably playing in a tournament against Minnesota Fats in pool. <laughs> and your mom is like, She's like, He didn't show up because he'd rather do something else. Right. Like, no. Nah, that can't be it. He's stuck at the tournament. <laughs> They last all. They last so long, Ma. You don't get it. It He's is funny how finals. we glorify that. We do glorify the my dad being in jail a lot when I was a kid. It was, I glorified it like it was cool. I used to tell the stories that I would hear from him about getting into a fight with his celly. Like I thought that was amazing to be able to tell that to somebody. And you could imagine letting a child down by going to jail for a couple of years. You're like, oh, that wouldn't be cool. <laughs> uh uh-uh, Yeah. No. When you're it's like dad's in the joint. Yeah, he can't help but beat the shit out of a guard. Try yeah. to grab his dick, you know? They do weird shit like that he's gonna in get there, more man. T- he's going to get more. They're gonna probably going to stack some more time on there because he kicks so much ass. <laughs> hey, but you bud, wanted to be I true. I can't get out. I kick too much ass inside of here. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> it is funny you glorify the tragedy. I seriously was the kid that waited on the stupid. He didn't show up. I was one of those kids. Legitimately, like, would be outside, and his car never came. Kurt Metzger would... Like when we first met, and I would tell my story, he just always laughed at that only because he had his own screwy family, Kurt. But he was said he would just get a picture in my head, and I would go, "You're not wrong," of me. So my mom was young too, and like so, my grandparents took care of me a lot. So it'd be on their stoop, right? I'd be like that sounds outside right. in Philly, waiting for my dad to come. They're the best. My grandparents, my grandmother just passed away, and my grandfather passed away when I was ten. But they were such good fill in for like what I needed in that regard. Yeah, like like uh. What do you call that? Just like some, like some kind of like normalcy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like My mom was broken or so like, but they would sit there. They, they knew he wasn't coming. And I'd be out there and like Kurt just says, it's like I have everything for a father's weekend. It's like a tent on my back and <laughs> a Hulkamania finger and like a Six Flags thing. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so right. It was almost like, and I remember the game was, you know, it was like a T, the top of the street. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be on my street and the cars were either coming from left or right at the top street and you just see you know you see some cars start lighting up and you're like this here's probably him yeah and then it's like goes by you're like okay maybe he got a new car and he goes here it is this one and this would never and then <laughs> grandparents come out and be like it's also hilarious like they were your meatloaf's getting cold they were also facilitating like the the fatness in me though too because it was just like hey don't worry come inside you want an entire pizza for yourself <laughs> number Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> I do. It I'm is... going to drown this in pizza. <laughs> it is true that, that that image is real of you waiting for someone that didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And then you made all sorts of fucking bullshit excuses. You were like... For them. I bet you. I bet you his car broke down. Because it's broken down before. So I bet you it broke down. Oh, yeah. Well, my mom... Man. My mom, when she told me these stories, it's so funny. She's not mad at it. She was just like... You didn't know, but it was like the manipulation of like your parents talking to you in different households mm-hmm. and i remember my mom said one time we were broke and, and she knew that i like felt that in some way that we were broke but i came up my mom goes uh my mom goes hey i'm just letting you know this because like i don't want you to hear it in a different way but i'm gonna take your dad like where i'm gonna file things so he has to pay child support he doesn't pay it and we gotta like garnish his garnish wages, wages. yeah gotta garnish his wages on his check so I just want you to know that so you don't, like, hear it a different way. It's not a fight. It's not whatever. It's going to make sure he sends what he needs to send. And my mom tells me, I, and I remember this. She goes, Mom, I, Dad's got, like, a $1,000, like, furniture bill. He's got to pay every Like, I was giving her, like, 
hey, don't do that to him. He's got to get an expensive bill to pay. She goes, we live, we eat spaghetti five nights a week yeah, yeah. without sauce, like yeah. butter and Parmesan cheese. Yeah. So it's so funny. She's like, why are you protecting this guy? Right. Oh, no. But he's got the furniture bill. Yeah, he's got this furniture bill going. I mean, right? know, he lives in Ohio. And stuff. What are you going to do? He lives in Ohio. Trying to help the guy out, ma. That yeah. is funny. You play, Did you, you not love this guy at one time? <laughs> yeah. Do you need to hurt him like this? <laughs> I don't think we never, my mom talked about that. We never got, she never asked for it because she refused to, <clears throat> she, that was such, such vitriol. Like there was so much. Yeah, where's those days? Why is my so ex much hate. so bad? Yeah, it was so much hate. <laughs> my ex really wants that child support. <laughs> she was so much negativity. She was, refi- she refused to ask. She didn't. I think it was also, that's like a pride thing too. My it's mother t- has I that. I think it's like, a time thing too. It's a, uh, uh, my ex-wife's like mother never asked. The Never father for anything. Nothing, like, my yeah. mom, like, eventually just, like, garnished his weight. But it was, again, it was like, when you hear the numbers, especially, you're like, damn, man. Like, my mom asked, I think it was like 100 and like 50 or like $200 a month. That's it. Something crazy. Jesus and it was just Christ. nothing. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that was the other thing. I think my mom used to say, like, well, it's too much time. I don't have time to go to court. I have to work a full time job. So I don't want to go through all that shit. And also, I don't even know what I'm getting. You know, yeah. if my dad didn't have, it's not like he was like. Is it worth anything? Yeah. yeah. It's not like he was like, oh, I'm making, I'm showing up in a Corvette. You know what I mean? Like, he, it was in the cut list with cloth seats. So it was like, mm. I think she also knew what was I going to, what was the win situation? Yeah. And for her, it was like this ego thing where she's like, well, I'll just do it without you just to like have more, not over you, but have more complete independence being like fuck you i'll drown uh, and we did and we, as the life goes like on though too you kind of go it's like my mom was a strong it all because your mom was a strong woman and your dad was a dump of shit <laughs> like i didn't give a fuck that's the name of my next tour strong <laughs> strong female influence and a dead dump, dump of shit, of shit. Yeah. that's the that's the one um dude thank you for coming thank uh for please me, everyone man. right now because you can go right now when this is out it'll be out on youtube uh, please go watch the special. I didn't even get into this. Let's do it real fast, though. Mm-hmm. Why uh, you you wanted YouTube? You didn't want to give it to another another platform. No, I mean the reality is I I, I was certain this was going to be on Netflix because um, you've been in bed with those guys already. Yeah, yeah. I, I know Robbie. They did the Degenerates. They kind of told me the Degenerates was the path to the, the hour. Sure. And I want and I love Robbie over there. It's nothing. This is no dig on him. I I think he was in an unwinnable position. I was supposed to go out there and like. We're supposed to come out here to L.A. in, like, April of 2020. Uh, and here we are. And perform it for, like, uh, Netflix and HBO Max, I think, we're going to come watch. And then, of course, that got canceled and everything. Yeah. And then just in the time of, like, waiting for all this stuff, what are we going to do next? Like, Me Too, Black Lives Matter happened, and it just kind of came. Stop Asian hate. That in, was a big in, one for in, you. In that, yeah. In, <laughs> in, in so many you know, without saying it, like, uh, outwardly, everyone was just kind of like, I don't know, you're sort of like an unknown, like, straight white guy. It's just not really the time. Like, <laughs> we have to make sure we get some, like, quotas in here first. Yeah. And uh, so they didn't say no. It was just going to be like, hey, man, that's going to be, like, pushed down the road and stuff. So I was a little defeated by that. And then uh, Dave Attell was like, why don't you just do it at your festival? And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then I was like, self-produce. And then Ari Shafir executive produced it and i mean he executive produced it i didn't know anything like when i accepted the idea that i'm like all right i'm gonna self-produce this and i was like 
I guess I got to line up now like uh, 150 interviews to get these whatever people crew. Like, um, I thought I had to personally get like a guy holding the microphone the and, and then get all the equipment also right. and do all this. And he was, Anari just like, that was like our first conversation. He goes, I don't know. He's like, you hire a producer and the producer has their team and they right. do it. And I go, oh, that's better. Uh. I'm like, yeah, that's better. And I don't like, have to hold any of the cameras. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, we got you. I don't have to go behind and go, like, are these cords Are these cords plugged in? <laughs> but I think the revolution is <clears throat> is here with that. And I think it's the reason I ask, it's not in a negative way. It's it's a great move because everyone that's doing it now, it's proving that it's it's direct to not only just your audience, but it's opening up to them sharing it easily without any sort of hiccup. It's simple. Everybody knows it now. It's well, a, it's people, almost it's 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 you a, know. There's a flood right now of it too, but that's sort of the thing. Like, uh, it's sort of a useless platform, and if you have nothing, like yeah. there's no way to attach it to anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I have like a bit of an audience, so it's like I'm trusting my audience to really like shoot it out there and, and spread. Get it, to get it to well, they people, will. Which is the thing that the people are just like, yeah. Just did it, recorded it, threw it up on YouTube. Like, I don't know if it's a good idea. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. You have to also cult- because seeing the numbers is why. Well. I don't know if eight people saw my Comedy Central special or if you know twenty two thousand people saw the Degenerates. I have sure. no idea. This, this is going to be hard to like. It's definitive. But it's also going to be hard to go back every day. He goes only four more people in the last hour, huh? Okay, <laughs> yeah. I guess this thing sucks. <laughs> but don't dry yourself nuts because it's just no, gonna, no, it's, no. Well, because it's going to be good because. You know, you look at some of the other people in our in our world that you know. Ari, I went and saw the taping of. I was at that uh, Jew, Jew, yeah, um, which I yelled so many times during the show, <laughs> cut out. But like him and you know Shane, I mean, you know these guys that are getting millions and millions of views. It was proof yeah. that it was like, nah, just cultivate it. And let the audience have it. You yep. know, like let your fans do the thing. Let people that know comedy and love comedy get involved through the the, the system and the the algorithm. And I think it's great because honestly, the unknown sucked. When I did the Comedy Central stuff, it sucked, and you never knew. Netflix was the only time I did this special that they they give you the number, they call you, and they do like a you know like a fifteen day and a twenty eight day breakdown or yeah. whatever. And it's nice to know, but you don't get much. They give yeah, you yeah. like a nugget of, and there's no engagement. Which nothing. Kind of, what's kind of neat about YouTube too is there's immediate engagement happening under the video. It's happening like, live. That's awesome. And it, yeah. and and it's happening kind of like. Uh, uh, in like it's incestuously might not be the right word, but it is like inside of itself. Yeah. The engagement of the engagement of people talking about it to other people and then using it for other stuff. It's really yeah. wild how the world works like that. I'm on YouTube, it's good. I'm yeah, I'm excited for you, dude. Go watch it right now on YouTube. Please go watch it. Also, if you're on tour, are you touring around a little bit right now? Yeah, yeah. What's Big, your website? BigJComedy.com for uh, all my dates. Yeah, I'm nonstop on the road. So go to BigJComedy.com and but watch the YouTube special right now. We'll also put it in the link in the description below so you can see it. We end the episode the same way. Look in that camera right there. You say one word or one phrase to end the episode for the rest of the time uh, when you're ready. One word or one phrase. Go ahead. Come <laughs> in here. We pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me five dollars for the whiskey and seventy-five dollars for the horse. Gingers are oh, hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers.